This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Let me welcome to the show. Uh, I've had him on a couple of times because uh, he's, he's, uh, he's free. I, I, I need to talk to as many free people as possible because I need us to be inspired to be free as well. He is the author of Die With Zero, Getting All You Can From Your Money and Your Life. Let me welcome back to the show philanthropist extraordinaire, CEO of Brisa Max Holdings, and an Instagram influencer. I don't know what that means, but he's here. I don't even Bill know. Perkins, I don't even welcome know back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I don't even you, know what Instagram influencer means. I, I, I just uh, put pictures up and maybe people like them, maybe they don't. <laughs> last time, and I, 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 I don't want to go back and because you might be an influencer. Somebody might be influenced by you right now, and I'm good with that. Last time you were here, it was dark where you are. Now it's light. So I'm imagining you're not where you were last time, which was on, on some beautiful island somewhere, Madagascar. Where were you last time? You uh, were, I think I was, uh, I think it was in Greece at the time. Yes, Either you were in Greece. Creation. I was in yes. Greece, yeah. Greece or Croatia, right. He's so free. He Somewhere. But now where are you now? I'm in Houston, Houston, Texas. Okay. All right. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, freedom, right? Um, okay. Because I think, you know, my mind has been, my spirit has been unlocked this year, not just because of COVID-19, but COVID-19 sparked a lot of things because it allowed me to sit still and look around and see that all of the things that I talk about on these airwaves we could have without asking anybody for anything. And when that light bulb moment came on, I was like, why are we begging people for equality and equity when we are equal and in many cases beyond equity, uh, equitable. Talk to me about you and, and the ability to move around the world the way you do, Bill Perkins. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I am lucky uh, to be further down the generations removed from slavery and Jim Crow, et cetera, right? So my life, I, I, I live a life from the benefit of other people enduring, right? They just endured some, some shit. Excuse me, this is a radio, sir. But they endured some stuff, right? And they survived and they went through a lot of things. And a lot of that history of that endurance and the things they went through is kind of it's hidden in plain sight. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that. Um, you know, the people, there's not, you know, there are not that many records of slave diaries or what was going on. We have to look at other data sources to try and find out what exactly were they enduring and what were they trying to do? How did they move around? How did they get freedom? And, and one of the things I've been working on and using uh, AI machine learning uh, and tech is to look at runaway slave ads in the newspapers of the time. Use machine learning because it's, you know you can't go through all these newspapers to ingest that information, annotate that information, and then pull the story that's being told year after year of the true freedom fighters, the true freedom runners. These people who ran for their lives against all odds in a place they didn't know, you know, uh, getting caught meant horrible consequences, right? But they still, they took that chance with their lives and they ran for freedom whenever they heard of a spot they can go to or thought of a place they can go to, 
and I, I thought that needs to be known and celebrated and, and, and all that all that type of stuff. But I, I'll pause right there because you probably have some questions, and then we can no. we can talk about freedom. No, I, I'm I'm smiling because I'm, I'm <laughs> going to be transparent. I uh, I saw you were coming back on. I have no memory of why, right? Right. I, my memory sucks. It just really does, which is why I don't <laughs> lie because I, I said it. I probably did say it. I don't remember. I said it. <laughs> So when I saw you were coming on today, I was like, I could always talk to Bill Perkins because he's smart and he's dope and he's done some things. I did not know that this was part of your conversation today. So to start off me talking about freedom, I just know I'm here doing the thing I'm supposed to do. It is sanctioned by the divine. And so you keep talking, brother, because I'm not going to get in the way. Okay. Well, um, so what I did is, you know, there's this project called Freedom on the Move. Uh, Cornell and a couple of universities, they, they, they digitized some, some slave ads. And, and it's kind of a teaching thing to the public to have people come read them and then transcribe them, right? Because they're written in various funny fonts of the early, uh, you know, 17th, 18th century, right? You, you know, not, and get people to transcribe them. I'm impatient. I'm impatient AF. And so I was like, look, you know, we, we use a lot of technology inside my shop for my, for my day job. Right. Perhaps we can um, use machine learning and crowdsource um, correction and aggregation, all the techniques we use to, like, take an image and learn whether or not a Walmart parking lot is full of customers or not. Right. Just so we can trade the stock. Let's apply this to to the to what's going on here to see what information is in there. And so I'll just give you a summary. So we went we, we, we have in we would take the ad. We Google Vision API. That's free. Google's great. Google has like half the homework answers out there if you're willing to try it. Use that to like scan these ads, right? Hoover them in. Machine gets them, got them. Now, obviously, there's going to be transcription errors, right? So then we use Amazon MTurk. And what what is Amazon MTurk? You pay something like five cents, ten cents a job. Five cents, ten cents a job. But a lot of jobs. So it's small, human, repeatable tasks. You could put out there, put on a bulletin board, and people will take the job or not take the job. Um, and so what they did was they took about 2,000 ads and corrected them. We feed them back into the AI machine. AI machine goes, got it, buddy. This is what this means. Boom, I got it, right? Everything's cleaned up. So now all the ads are transcribed perfectly, ready for the next step. So now the machine's just taking stuff in, like basically old English and funny ad newspapers and stuff you can barely read, and put them into blocks of text. Now we need, now the machine needs to learn what the hell does that mean. So we wrote a program to call annotated, meaning when it says five foot ten inches or you know, it means that's a height field, or this is a uh, light skin you know, dark skin, whatever. This is a, a, a feature field, a skin field. Then there's a scar. These scar, you know, a lot of them like, they identify marks. So, like, in these ads, you know, slave owners didn't want to put this information out there. But when your property's on the run, you got to put this information out there, right? So you're, you're, you're picking up things like light skin. Like, how'd they get light skin? I thought they were from Africa. You know what I mean? How'd they get that scar, right? Like, so all this information is buried in this ad, some interesting facts. And so we built the machine to annotate it. They, they annotate a couple of ads. We feed it to AI. AI goes, got it, buddy. I now know how to annotate. 
you know, just feed me. Now we're just looking for scans and feeding ads. So right now we've, we've ingested 55,576 runaway ads. Wow. But that, that's not even close to being done yet. And from Legacy of Slavery in Maryland, Virginia Geography of Slavery, Parker, Bly, Winley Version 2, all these different books of old newspapers, right, trying to go through them. We've also geo-mapped where that newspaper was. So we know on a map, we have a map, and it points. These are all the points of the newspapers that we got, right? And then from those 55,000 ads, we have 41,672 unique runaway events. That, that, because certain ads, you'd run it three times or two times or whatever. And these, these range from the year 1704 to 1865. So with all that computing power and annotation, we're pulling name, age, gender, height, weight, skin tone, occupation, rewards, and flavor, identifying marks, suspected destination, runaway dates, whether they had relatives. There's a story buried in there, right? Like one, if you were a researcher prior, right, you're going to write a book on runaway slavery. You go to a library, you maybe read a couple of ads, you have a thesis, right? But here, you know, what we're trying to do is get every single ad that there is a record of so that we have data and pull it out. And, you know, there's some, you know, some interesting findings, right? Um, 85% of the runaways were male. The median age of a runaway was 25. And I'm just pulling out a couple stats. Uh, the most common month, runaway month was July. Subsequently, the most common month for a capture was September. Rewards for males were on average 30% higher than rewards for females. Almost 60% of the runaway attempts occurred at night. In general, 15 to 20-year-olds commanded the highest rewards of any group. Zero to 14 was the lowest. And the most common listed occupation for a runaway was carpenter. Now, I have another sheet that has re rewards over time. I can see the inflation and what they were paying. I can see, I can see dates by latitude, when they ran, et cetera, suspected location. So there's a lot of information that, like, I I'm just a data want to know what the hell's happening now, guy, right? I had to go back to a historian and go, hey, man, why was there this spike of runaways in uh, 1793? You know, like, why, 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 what's the spike? And they're like, oh, uh, you know, because I didn't pay, too, pay attention too much in history class. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're not taught this history. This subject is a long period history. You know, it's not, you know, it's like two or three pages, right? You know, you don't get the full story. They're like, oh, yeah, Canada outlawed slavery over three years, whatever. That news had would have trickled down, and then people make a run for it, right? Mm, or or the wow. border, state, oh. border state offered uh, outlawed slavery. Or that was when the Fugitive Slave Act was passed, and this state went free. So then you're going to see a spike in, in, this, in this area going this way, right? And so – there's no technology, contact. Bill Perkins, no technology, no telephone, no email, no nothing. People tra got information, and then people, as you said, who come on boats, not from here, figured out how to leave to go because everybody wants to be free. Everybody okay, should want to be free. It, it, it's incredible. And, and, and it's, you know, one of the things that, you know, the number one occupation you see in these ads is carpenter or cooper, which is a barrel maker. These skilled occupations. One thing that's interesting about it is, one, is that that's probably how information is getting back to the plantation 
right? Because these people go over so-and-so's farm, build a, build a barrel or do whatever. They're out there mixing it up with people in the ports coming out, learning about the world around them because you wouldn't know where to run south. You might run further south. You know, you, you don't know where to go, right? So that if, And two, the fact that for, for that time period, the carpenters and the barrel makers, that's the top of the top of the top of the line, right? You got the you got a great job, kind of easy, you, you know what I mean? Like you're learning skills, you're in it, they still ran. They still ran. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and you know, my sister my sister pointed out she's it's it, she's amazing that like having a skill set back then, even then, allowed afforded you more opportunity to get the hell out of Dodge. You know what I mean? Like because you're going to interact with people and they're going to pass information and you're going to be, you know, know the roads and start, you know, basically the spy, right, of getting it going on. And in response to that, which is a topic of conversation, which you were talking about the police, is that they started building these police forces to catch slaves because it was rampant. People, the true freedom people, people, freedom is, is, is contagious and everybody wants it. And so people were running, and they had to build these police forces to try and catch slaves, you know, and they had spies and all kinds. I mean, it was, it was horrible, you know. It was, this, it was this horrible scenario where people were running, and you have these armed vigilantes and, and, and newly formed police departments specifically designed to catch runaway slaves, you know, trying to catch you. You know, there's this story that's in plain sight. That wasn't told because there weren't books, many books or topics written about it at the time, right? But the the the, uh, the evilness betrays them in their ads trying to get their property back, right? In these records and and the and the and this this field that I stumbled onto because I didn't know it existed, but this nascent field called digital humanities, I think, is going to expose it uh, and and help. Uh, help re-examine and look a little closer, uh, not from an anecdote standpoint or one story, but the reams of data that's already exist in newspapers and records that are out there, right? It's, it's as if I went into an old closet with a flashlight and, you know, you look a little bit, people go in a little bit and they catch whatever, and I just turn the whole light on the, the whole room, right? And then I say, oh, wow, look at this room. There's all this information. Now let's get computers and stuff to help organize it so we can make sense of this data. Because it's overwhelming, right? This and couldn't I, and happen um, any other time. This could not have happened yeah, any yeah. other time. Wow. Yeah, and so, so it's great. I mean, it, it, on this field, you know, I, I think you know, we, I, we believe when we're done, we'll have two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand ads ingested total wow. for that for that period, and 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 probably hundred thousand events, hundred and something thousand events that, that we know of, right? And then we'll have to go to statisticians and go, okay, because that doesn't represent every single runaway. That just represents the runaways that somebody went and said, I'm going to go put out an ad and, you know, I got to get this person back, right? Because that's just what you see in the paper, right? That's not the universe. And so, you know, I, I, I look at this, people are like, well, why are you doing this? I says, well, you got to know. And I, I look at this as like, these are the human beings we need to celebrate. So my ultimate vision is to commemorate these freedom runners. I call them freedom runners. Like, so one of the ads will have, oh, you know, Jim left from Lafayette and Poitras. Well, I know that street. That's right, New Orleans, right by that casino. And I want to put little, like, uh, flats, like uh, stumbling stones in Europe, 
You, if you would walk around Europe, they have these things called stumbling stones. They honor victims of the Holocaust. So you'll be walking along, you'll look down, and there'll be this metal thing on the street, and it'll say, you know, Ira Asrich, taken by the Nazis, 1942, to so-and-so, gas chamber, you know, killed in the gas chamber, you know, age eight, right, or age whatever. Just kind of history is alive in your face, you know, so you can ask questions like how did this happen here or whatever. And I would like, you know, not as like a mean thing, but just like awareness, like, wow, on this soil, this is what happened, and this this thing happened. But for me, the runaway slave is like a celebration of, of freedom it, that actually transcends race. So like on this day, you know, on February 5th, 1950, at this spot on Lafayette and Porters, George Smith ran for his life, you know, from so-and-so and so-and-so, blah, 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 Gatsby, hope he made it, you know. And, and, and to that extent, I like to have that in the physical world, you know, these monuments uh, to freedom, right, out there. But also in the digital world, and one of the things we did is that, you know, while we're going to the communities and, 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 and dealing with, uh, you know, GIS mapping and, like, you know, sometimes it's not Lafayette and Poitras, it's Smith Plantation. So we have to go back into the county records and, you know, we're working with people to find these spots to where to place these markers. So people can, you know, be aware, more aware and in touch and celebrate this part of our history. But also digitally, I, I put up a, um, a Twitter account called from Tweets from Runaway Slaves. And the handle is at, um, I think it's at Runaway Slaves. I'm going to double check that because I don't want to give out bad information. But it's Tweets from Runaway Slaves. You can look it up on Twitter. And the, the machine goes out and we post I think four or five runaway slave ads, but we humanize it. We give the history. So from like a first person artistic interpretation, and it'll say, you know, my name is George. I lived on so-and-so. He was blah, blah, blah. And just tell their story. I ran on this date, you know, whatever it was, right? I hope I'm free. I was a carpenter. I was X. Because these are real, you know, a lot of times when you pull on a lot of data like this, um, it's just numbers and stats. So I felt like tweets from runaway slaves, you know, brings you a little it's piece beautiful. of this story, humanize them. These were real it's people, real runaway slaves ads, runaway slave ads, runaway slave ads, and you have some beautiful pictures uh, of of people. I'm about to follow now. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh. Let me let me just make sure. It's, uh... This is you, right? Runaway slave ads. It's not you. It, no, it's from at from slaves. So you go at oh, man. Slaves. Okay, well I'm following that too because that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, follow that too. I mean, I, I mean, this is not. First of all, uh, we have a website. It's password protected for researchers, but we're making everything we've done, even yes. the methodology. We put out a blog on like so everybody can repeat this, right? Because it, this is useful for what I'm doing. I want other people to pursue it, and I'm 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 just a cog in the wheel of helping the understanding of our history and celebrating our history. I'm just one small cog. And I want, you know, my efforts to be able to be replicated and help other people. You can do this in any field, right? Any, it, once you digitize and run AI and machine learning, this is Tech Tuesday, you can get information that you never thought you'd be able to compile. But it's, it's, Yo, it's, this is fascinating, but, man. Fascinating that you're, like, using technology to be sort of this cultural anthropologist to kind of go back and look at this history like this. Um when I when I'm hearing what you're what you're talking about in humanizing these experiences, 
the fact that like the average age was 25 and the way a 25 year old would be thinking about his or her freedom or his or her place in the world versus how we sort of um, are trying now to figure out how to get 25 year olds engaged in the political process and get 25 year olds to vote. I mean, Barack Obama was on the shade room this week trying to get young black people to vote. That's how serious we are right now. Barack Obama was on the shade room trying to implore young black people to vote. What is one of the most, what's one of the most interesting stories that you've been able to track for one of these runaways? Well, so, wow, there's a couple of them. Um, some, you know, I think the more interesting things is like, what was better than slavery? So, you know, I, I, I kind of alerted some of the, um, people who study this are African-American history, some of the um, uh, professors, and we had conference calls on what we're doing. And, and one of the things, you know, I'm ignorant. I'm just like, hey, here's the data, and here's what we're doing. And like, this is great. Can you track um, um, suspected locations? Because there's D.C. swamps where slaves used to run around, and they live in the swamps. And they set up a community in swamps. And I was like, wow, it was better to live in the damn swamps than to be, you know what I mean? Like, People would run and form communities in the swamps or how people were, you know, when they find out information about uh, uh, the Bahamas and, and, and um, you know, the United States of America were in the last places to outlaw slavery. So Abaco and the Bahamas and the Caribbean, they started fleeing through Florida so much so that they put up a lighthouse, okay, to try and catch slaves. And so to, for me – it's not necessarily one particular person's life, like, wow, this person worked on a steamboat and they got away. And there's a lot of, you know, you know, when you're read, reading these ads and you're, and you're getting the information and as our people dig a little bit deeper to, like, humanize their tweet, right, um, those are interesting. But what's interesting to me is the aggregate system and these stories because, it, like, it, it, I, because I'm delving into these, this data – I am learning more about the context of what was going on in the world at that time. And it, to me, it's just like, shit, when I was 25, I'm goofing off. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm working. I got a job, but I'm in the club. These guys are like sweating it, sweating bullets, risking life, risking horrible scars uh, for, for just unknown opportunity, like really taking big risks, you know, in, in order for a better life. And, and it, it just – makes me more grateful that they went through that and other people helped them and the endurance that they went through and to where we are now, you know, it makes me have a little bit of context of, well, I didn't know this is why the police forces were set up. I didn't know about the future to play back in detail what was going on, you know. Man, you are a national treasure, Bill Perkins. Drew, ask him the question you asked during the break so that he can say it on the air, please. So, Bill, I'm thinking about, um, it, could you will there be like a database of like the names of the runaway slaves? So um, I'm thinking that if you take census data, right, of people from that time, you could potentially overlay the names of the runaways. Um, and if your ancestors census is there, because it's not going to have, you know, on a judge runaway slave in the census, would that, is that something that could be possible to sort of cross-reference 
census data with the data that you're creating too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna answer. I, I see I hear like two or three questions in there. I'm gonna answer all of them because I'm gonna pull some things out. The answer is yes. Like that's the next step, right? Once this data is digitized, it's easy to go like, hey, this guy ran away from North Carolina in 1860. Here's a here's some information that we've got digitized from a receiving center in the north of names and and, and since we all have the features, age, height, you know, scars. This information, may, you know, we, we, we can take the machine and match them up, right, and see what's going on. One of the things when we put up our, 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 our page for the data, they said, hey, have a search tool because one, a person that works for me at, at my uh, hedge fund said, hey, this is the information I have about my, my ancestor. This is all we know. We know there was injuries, whatever. He searched, pulled it up, instantly got the name, a wow. story of – trying to run away, but then the doctor was mad, tried to kill him, tried to disembowel him, survived the disembowelment, whatever. But we, we think we have the ad associated with this person's relative, you know, that matches. Because, you know, you, you get stuff passed down through the generation of oral history. This is one of the things that, you know, oral history is very important, right, because there wasn't that much written history. But then we're able to take whatever features, you know, I'm using feature description that you have, and attach it back and say, this is most likely the person. Matches every single thing you have, you know what I mean, going on. And so we've done that on an individual basis, right? Uh, but once we have access to more data and databases, you just teach the machine and it goes, these are, pos- these are the possible matches. Here, here we go. Cause it's so amazing what this could do for black folks who are trying to trace their history, right? Because so much of our history was robbed during during the system of, of slavery and enslavement. That is, and it's also crazy that you run a hedge fund, but this, but there's something that you're doing that's even more interesting than running a hedge fund, black guy. I I got to say I appreciate that about your story. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. It, it, it's it's in there because we've dug into a couple. And it's like, oh, they were on this farm, and there's information that may be gone from everywhere else was there. Oh, he had six brothers and sisters, maybe running away to his wife who's in, in this place. That's in the ad, right? May not exist anywhere except for a story your great-grandmother told you about, you know what I mean, about their dad, right? And then here it is in the runaway slave ad, you know, maybe running to his wife who is at so-and-so plantation, et cetera. And so mm. there's, there's a lot in aggregate and also individually to be to be taken out of this this information, you know, digital right. humanities is going to be the new wave. We we need to have we need to have you come back. Um, but before you go, how expensive is AI? If somebody out there is listening, they want to do something similar for something else. What what's that process? Because you're not a tech guy, you don't code, you don't know, you know. So is it very expensive? No, no, do I, we need to have a hedge fund? Yeah, yeah, no, so. I'm fortunate enough to be in a field where I have people working for me that they're already kind of doing these things, right? So the the true thing is the AI tools are free, right? But the guy who's going to sit down and he may not, he's not free. So if you already have skills or you're a coder and you're coding, and I, I always recommend people like, what's the one the thing you would have went into had you know this? I've been coding skill and algorithm writing. You know what I mean? Those guys rule the world. Um, but I have somebody there, and I can direct them and say, hey, this is what we're working on. This is the project. They're like, 
it's an honor to work on this project, you know. Um, and then you, you, it's just using the online tools and getting it. The, our biggest expense is basically getting access to the ad papers and maybe paying the Turks to, to train the model. But a, a person who is dedicated, them and their friends, they could do all, they could do everything I did for, wow. for, for nothing. I mean, obviously, I do it the expensive way because I want to get it done fast and I hire a guy and et cetera. But if you've got skills in programming, all the tools are free. Come Every on. Uh, Bill Perkins, uh, you'll be back. You are an influencer. You just influenced me to do some things. And we're going to keep having this conversation because you'll be back. All right. And we'll, we're going to work together for the hub. I appreciate you. We talked about that off my Bill Perkins.